I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. Hello there, and welcome back to It's the Journey. So today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with a friend of mine, Joe Dolan, that I've known for close to 15 years. And initially, we met uh, because we had the uh, few moments where you could talk together in the uh, locker room in between hot yoga sessions. And... Um, and then over the years, we've just become friends and we keep in touch with each other. And Joe helped me out with some of my printing stuff for, for um, advertising things I did for my book. But uh, Joe is just a super kind, positive, and outgoing person. And over the time that I've known him, he's just the kind of person that when you walk away from a conversation with Joe, you, have, you feel like you have more energy than you, than you came into it with, which is a beautiful thing. So... With, with my conversation with Joe, I want to dive into what are his secrets and life philosophies for his just outgoing nature and positivity and just real joy that he has for life. So I'm certain that there'll be some great things he has to share for us all. So with that, let's meet Joe. Joe, welcome to It's the Journey. It's a pleasure to be here. Man, this is, this is uh, I'm, I've been looking forward to this and Excited to have you here. I have too. Yeah. So, you know, let's let's maybe talk a little bit about your background. I know, like, I, I and we and we we know each other, but you know, I know, like, you've been in the printing business for a long time, and you're a family man. And let's get a little bit, give people kind of a sense of who's Joe Dolan. All right. Been in the the industry for well over thirty years. Uh, been married for forty years, and uh, two grown sons. Uh, I have a 38-year-old son and a 36-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And uh, through the, their lives and their now marriages, uh, an extension of our family, we really are enjoying life and enjoying them and their spouses. And uh, it just, it's been a wonderful journey with, with them and having an addition to our family. So it's, it's good. And between that uh, and... Uh, being married and working and having a family, I uh, am more competitive on the bike now than I have ever been. So I am actually in the middle of training for a race up Lookout Mountain in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee in, in May. That's so awesome. So yeah, so <laughs> I'm focusing all my energy now on the bike. That's yeah. And since I've known you, you've always got something like that you're doing. Yeah. Like, oh, I did a race or I'm riding a bike or you. after a 90-minute yoga session, you'd be talking about your next bike ride. Yeah. So where where does <laughs> all that energy come from? Always always have, have to have that carrot dangling over me and uh, I'm a lazy person by nature but if I <laughs> if I set my goals and then you tell the world on social media you're going to do something then you're shamed in doing it you have to go and do it so it's kind of it's kind of a, a way to force yourself to uh to to do these things mm-hmm. and uh and, and in training for this race we have been really focusing on strength and endurance and co- and confidence mm-hmm. and uh, stability and all these other great things that go with it. And uh, it, it, I've already got 800 miles on my bike this year. This year? Yeah. Good golly. So it's it's been a way to uh, surround myself with people. And actually, your book validated the the aspect of when you surround yourself with people mm-hmm. that are positive, kind of like in your pod. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think of that every morning when I leave my house at five minutes before 5 a.m. to pick up my other cyclist friend to meet because we, we train together on our trainers. And so I think about that most every day when I wake up and it's like I am surrounding myself with people with energy, with positivity, with the same goals to to perform well in this in this event, mm-hmm. um, and and 
when that happens, everything else seems to balance out with my day. So I've, I've already had my workout. I got my 20 miles in. Um, we've shared all of our positivity and energy. Uh, and the day just kind of unfolds from there. Mm-hmm. And it really is a great way to start it out. I, I love that. that Because you, you, you were embodied that, you know, obviously before you read the book, you were already doing that. Yeah. That I read that years ago that we'll, that five years from now, you'll be pretty much the same except for the books you read and the people you meet. Oh, yeah, exactly. In fact, I want to talk about the book for a minute because as I read through each chapter, as I, and when I wrote my comments, what you wrote is something that we all think and believe, but you did. You're the one who did it, <laughs> you know? And it's funny because it's like, wait, I, 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 that's what I think. And that I could have written that. If I writ, would have written a book like Carlo did, I would have said the same thing. So it's pretty cool when you think about all the backside of what you've had to do to get that book to where it is today, mm-hmm. but you did it <laughs> and we didn't. But it validated so many things in my life about how you're, you talk about getting to be your person and your way of just wanting to discover and learn and get yourself deep into the different things and back into the home country and all the wonderful things and the people that you meet on the journey are all the things we have all think about. Mm-hmm. And yet you, you did it and you're doing it. So the inspiration and the takeaway from the book is pretty much the same way at at my age, I'm still wanting to learn and understand and uh, experience my first podcast, yeah. you know, and understanding this and how you guys work here. And just, uh, again, the books, reading and broadening your mind and just opening up your world. Yeah. It is just a beautiful thing. Well, thank you. It's so, it's nice hearing... Um, when you write a book like that, it's extremely vulnerable and scary. And so doing that, you know, your part of you is like, well, who cares? Who who cares what I have to say or whatever? So I I tried to write in a way that would be helpful for people. And it's nice to hear that it is. And I didn't, inv- like you said, everybody is doing pieces of that. And sometimes when you go through a, a rough time, it gives you a space to step back and be intentional about what you do and don't want to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, the inspiration of, that my takeaway is um, that I've started journaling again, thanks to you. Cool. And so, and, and it's it's snippets and it's pieces that I, I jot down and I keep it on my desk at work. But throughout the day or the week or whatever the case may be, uh, I... I I've entitled it my journey and and it it's mumble jumble but I can go back to that and to the day and the time when I made that entry and remember exactly what I was thinking and feeling at the time I did it. Yeah, yeah. Now I've I've encouraged you know when I my my day job is you know as a financial planner and I've tried to encourage clients to do that especially some people we, we, everyone's got a story and then everyone's got stories that they heard from their grandparents or parents that their kids may not fully understand or appreciate. And some of my favorite stories were things that my grandfather would just look up from his, you know, lazy boy chair and then just tell me something about a steam powered tractor or driving a team of mules when he was 12 or riding a steam train, you know? Yeah. And as a kid, it sounded like, you know, you have no sense of scale of time. It's always difficult, no matter how old you are. But when right. you're a kid, you're you're, you know, you're seven, and your grandfather's seventy, so ten times as old, right? right? And he's talking about steam engines, and you're like, well, did did you know, Ab- you know, you're looking at Abraham Lincoln, like because they, those exist, like you don't know, and there's, and all of his pictures are black and white. So, yeah. but I mean, putting putting family story because, you know, I think those um. Those family stories about you know what what really drives you as a person and where that came from is what's valuable to your kids and that's what our families I think real wealth is absolutely and you think about where you came from and what made you who you are today 
is so important to know where you're going because of where you came from. And so oftentimes with our kids, we'll tell them a different story or this or that or the other, and they love hearing it. There's nine of us. I have nine siblings. Wow. So they love being together with that with that family, with that big, huge, <laughs> huge um, hodgepodge of people. But the stories, the history, the backgrounds, the 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 events that shaped us to where we are today, mm-hmm. they can appreciate that even more so as they've gotten older and are getting ready to start their families on their journey because of how we got to where we are. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so interesting from that perspective of younger people when, you know, we all know, you know, w- w- what it was like, you know, in our time growing up as teenagers and whatever we were, but for them to then be able to appreciate that and, and hear it. And the funniest thing is the continuity of the stories that come from siblings, for example, when we all perceive the the most unusual Christmas or the most favorite Thanksgiving or the the most whatever it was, and we all come back to that same concept together and almost can repeat it verbatim. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it, so it validates a lot of things, but I, I, I do think that just sharing and talking about our, our, whether it was our childhood or our, whatever we did, it, it just kind of, it's what we are and uh, makes us what our unique family is all about. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's, so, that, that's exactly right. That now, um, I was curious. You, do, you you said something earlier that a lot of people I know that are very driven say you'll say I'm 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 by nature a lazy person. Oh yeah. But everything I see about you, you're always doing something. So uh, where where does your drive come from? That that because uh, you were doing this stuff pre social media too. Yes. Like when I met you. I don't think we probably had social media accounts, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and so you, so where does that drive come from? To because this is important too, not just in normal times, but specifically right now. We've got another six months or whatever of this weird COVID time, and 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 maybe you know whether we're all going through this collectively, but everyone individually will go through some dark time in their life. You yes. know, losing someone or a change in their health or in their with their family or whatever. So, you know, hearing that, you know, March 5th, you've already ridden your bicycle 800 miles, knowing that in St. Louis, there's been, this. Is, I've not been able to get myself to get out of the house many days <laughs> this year, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unless I had to come here or go, you know, something. So where does your drive come from to to kind of set those goals for yourself and then do them? Because I'm sure that's been helpful for you in, this oh, time period in all aspects, I think that you know, as a kid, uh, I was one who couldn't sit at the desk at school, and the nuns were always beating me on the knuckles with a yardstick, and and uh, but it was unbridled energy, and so I'm even though I'm almost sixty five, I'm still learning to bridle that energy, and I, I think that uh, one of the things that really saved me from you know fighting bouts of depression and alcoholism and everything else along the lines, I, I, I found that the best way that I could get over those things is to be physically active. So whether it was at the yoga studio or on the bike or running a marathon or whatever the case I did was to keep Dr. Darkness away f- from just infiltrating my life mm-hmm. because it's easy to fall back into that trap and, and it's hard it is hard some mornings to get up at four four thirty, <laughs> but at the same time, I know that if I don't, that I will never, I I won't feel right. My day won't go well. Yeah, because I just have it in my head that this is what I have to do. I have to get up, get up and work out and and prove to myself that I I can do it. And at the same time, uh, keep on building and keep on moving. Yeah, the, the, that's what keeps me keeps me focused. Uh huh. And it keeps me sane, and it keeps me it it keeps me level, Carlo. It's it's so amazing how, um, in fact, and I'm gonna go back to the book for a second because you talked about being in the studio, and for and you weren't getting out of it 
what you wanted at, at that point in your life, mm-hmm. but now you do. Yeah, and it's the same thing. It's it's like okay, I, I was there and I was doing it and everything else, and you were always quite good up there in the first row. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I I can relate to where you were. It just wasn't you. You were doing it, but it wasn't you weren't getting out of it what what you wanted for you. Mm-hmm. And so in the book, when you talked about that, I thought, oh my gosh, there are there are times that you're doing these things. Uh, it just made me refocus as to why I do what I do. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it can, they, I, I was trying to be careful with that because I, once I really made that distinction for myself and people that haven't read my book, I talked about, um, part of it was people describing an activity as their therapy. They'll say yoga is my therapy or shopping is my therapy or hiking is my therapy. And I tried to differentiate between what actual therapy is versus an activity that we do is therapeutic that might make us feel good. And for me, I, I probably would have been one of those people that said that, even though I didn't really know what therapy was at the time. I, yoga was my medicine, if anything. Yeah. And it, but it was really ultimately a distraction um, from keeping me from looking at the things I needed to look at that once I did, uh, uh, allowed me to see what I did and didn't like within my life and yeah. make changes. Yes, you know? Oh, I, I I get it, I totally get it. Running distances for me was always sort of it was therapeutic because I could work out my own problems when yes. I'm out running. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year will be my 25th marathon. Good gosh! Yeah. So congrats. So that really, thank you. That's what saved my life. That's what saved me from me, and saved my marriage and everything with. With that focus, uh-huh. but I, I I could I could solve things that the little things I could solve on my own mm-hmm. that were eating at me uh, as I was running, and, and sometimes things just unfolded when you heard that voice inside of you just telling you yep. what it was. But paying attention to that quiet whisper, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it, but it's, it's taken me a long time to figure that out as to why it worked. And I think that's where the the parallels of what I'm doing now, you know, tied tied to cycling because I can't do the running like I used to because I'm just simply that much older and and uh, I'm not as strong as I was as a. But the biking doesn't cause any wear and tear. Mm-hmm. But the point is, we we're bringing in another guy in the into our cycling group. And we're paying it forward, and so it's been fun coaching and mentoring and bringing this guy along and watching that growth and development and confidence and all these good things occur uh-huh. to him as we're doing it. So, you, you know, you you, you 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 talk about how let's use your yoga for example. You're talking about it. It's a whole different perspective now for you, as as it was before. Mm-hmm. Well, same for me with with cycling. I, I get so much happiness now out of seeing this guy come along, watching his confidence build yeah. and, and all the other good things in his life that we are surrounding ourselves back in our pod. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's all kind of like, it, it's, it's just been a great, and I can't think of the word, but we're paying it forward uh-huh. and yet we're all enjoying it. And it gives us just all this I don't know these good endorphins. Yeah, it sounds like the, uh, the the point I was trying to make about building your tribe. You know, you've got this tribe of people, and you guys get together, and you've got your ritual, and this is what we do. Yeah. And then you're all getting something in, out of it individually, but then collectively, you're all helping each other. And then yes. there's the accountability aspect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 exactly. And, and again, you validated that reading it. It's one thing to talk about it, but when I'm sitting there reading reading your book and you talk about your tribe, it's like I didn't I didn't know it was okay to 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 feel that way. <laughs> cool, <laughs> because it's like, wait a minute, am I am I am I putting myself in a spot where it's not that I'm better than anybody, or I I or I'm one of these fundamental people that have to have only that. No, but you made it be okay that this is what you do and these are the people you, you surround yourself mm-hmm. with. Yeah. You and, know? And then I've I've found, I have, you know, as you probably could tell from the book, like a lot of different interests, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I've got friends that I just speak Italian with and friends I speak German with and friends that I 
that really love to nerd out on improv and, and then friends that I get into like exercise and nutrition conversations. And there's all that, like that Venn diagram, right? Yeah. So like I, I've kind of learned, because some people, they, their tribe is maybe the, just the small group of people they, they went to high school with. And that, that's it. They don't have it. I, I met someone that moved here from Texas. And uh, she met a group of the parents from her, her neighborhood. And the moms straight up told her, just so you know, people in St. Louis will, will be friendly to you, but we already have our friends. Oh, yeah. She, and she was, my, my friend was just shocked to, that, well, grateful, I guess, the person was honest. But, and not everybody in St. Louis is like that. But, but there are people that, that want to see, did you go to this right school or did you go to the same church? Or do we have, do our Venn diagrams from our birthright overlap enough and then we can we can hang out oh yeah versus you know and then you're then but then you're stuck you're you're that tribe then limits your growth and your ideas and your thinking to whatever those people think and when you dive in that's what i love you know you inspire me because you're every time you know in between the yoga room be like oh i'm gonna run a marathon oh i'm riding my bike you know you're diving into new things and when you dive into new experiences you meet new people and um, you you learn and grow as an individual, and it just enriches your life. Oh yeah, actually, it's so funny you you say that because uh, I I went back to school uh, last fall and I took an eight week course to become a patient care advocate. Okay, let's talk about that. Well, so what happens is, so you know, I've had I've had two heart attacks and blood clot disorders, and you know had DVT and bilateral pulmonary emboli and all this crazy stuff. Well, in my journey of, of trying to get well, I just wish there would have been people to say, hey, it's okay to do this or, you know, how are you feeling about this or that and the other. And it was just such a crazy time in my life because I wanted to get healthy mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't want to be sick. But yet there, there wasn't that person that you could go to. Yeah. Well, so... Taking the, as my dad would say, you make lemonade out of lemons. So taking that, all those terrible experiences I had, feeling totally isolated, um, I wanted someone like me to help me get through this. So I found out through osmosis, this, uh, this organization through the National Institute of Health and Aging. Um, so it was a course in patient care advocacy. And so you learn about, uh, you learn about trials. You learn about uh, different types of uh, uh, programs. Uh, you learn about different types of medications. And you're talking with people with the same kind of heart problems that I have had mm-hmm. through the years. So in addition to understanding and learning and, and working through that whole system, I've been able to do a uh, Zoom video conferences with people, with clinicians, research people, patients themselves, healthcare providers, and and being that person that can be someone as a resource for just practical ways of living. Wow. So I, I've been doing that, and I have been a spokesman for uh, Eloquus. So doing the the, the ads and mm-hmm. the uh, videos and public speaking to help and inspire others that it's okay that when you're not feeling well, uh, whatever the case may be, but you don't have to be stuck at home in the, in the easy chair and you can't, you don't have to be a, you don't have to be sedentary. You can live, you can do what I do and you can lead an active life. Right. So that's my focus right now. So I am spending a lot of time uh, with navigating this whole system of just trying to help and serve others. Right. That's what I want to do. That's beautiful. That's be- uh so and that's there's a lot of there's a lot of things with that of like like you said turning a lemon into lemonade and and talking with people about it and talking about it openly helps so many people that have this you know even for me you know when when with the divorce that was one thing and then uh with Diving into therapy was another thing. When I talked about it openly, so many people then all of a sudden wanted to talk about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. even in my in my um, divorce, I, I bet you 
15 or 20 people like reached out to me and like, oh, I've been, I've been miserable for years. And, they, and like, I felt like a priest in confession, but they didn't have anyone to talk to about right. it. Right. And I think all those people are still married, but they just had never said those words out loud right. or to, to me at least, you know? So you're doing a great service to, to, to helping people and, and speaking about it and, and, and making it, you know, making it something like, this is okay. This, this is a thing. And and here's what you have to do, and and your your willingness to again that to jump into something new, like I, I saw your, saw your video, and like you look like a professional actor up there, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That was that was just uh, my first my first gig, uh huh, and and it was so crazy because when I got picked to be in, in into this group, going through the the questions and the. Uh, the video and the production of it all, it really brought back to mind how we just, every day we get up, we function, we do our thing, and we have our file cabinets. Mm-hmm. Well, I had all that shoved away in a file cabinet and the door was locked. And boy, when it's the questions started and the uh, conversations and the dialogue back and forth with all this, it was, I, I had forgotten so much of how I felt yeah. and how crummy I felt for so long. And then, you know, going through three operations and being in the hospital and just numerous, you know, it's like roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. But coming through that, and you had said it earlier, when we finished filming that first day, it, I was just completely wiped out. Yeah, you said it was 11 hours, right? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> and it was so intense. And, and and that night when we were going to do a group dinner, I, I don't think I even went. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> because I felt like I ran a marathon. I was like dead. But it brought back a lot of the feelings that I had had. <clears throat> and I didn't realize how sick I was until I got better. Mm-hmm. And it's like anything else in life. You don't know how much pain you were living in until you got through it. And then you go back and you think, how did I ever do it? Yeah. But we do, we just sort of, every day we just get up and we do what we have to do to take care of our families. Yeah. You talked about it, you you know, devoting time to your family, your kids, an old house, you know, taking care of the yard and, you know, doing all the things we do. Yeah. And you, you don't really think about anything else, but you're just on, Autopilot. Do the next thing. Do the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. that's a good point you brought up about you know get spending all that time talking about it with for that for that video you did, but also then with patients and doctors and whatever. That's that was that probably was therapeutic because you're yes. unpacking things that yeah. you talked about. You just you, you you put them in the filing cabinet. That's that whole shadow concept I was talking about. Yeah. You you. You're dealing. You were just dealing with it, and maybe not processing it. Right. And and for me, even after doing all the therapy I did, trying to write my story, I felt the same way. After I'd, I'd spent a couple hours writing, and some days I after I would leave the, I would go to this little cafe by my house. I'd be exhausted. Oh yeah. Just because yeah. like it felt like I had relived, or if I when I was rereading it. Oh yeah. To edit it. There's sometimes it was difficult, um, but that's, I think, part of the healing process. Oh, yeah. You were carrying a lot in your backpack. Mm-hmm. You know, when Jimmy Buffett wrote in his book, uh, When the Pirate Turned 50, he talked about all the things that he carried in his backpack for all these years. And then he starts unloading the backpack with all that stuff, kind of like what, you yeah. know, you have it all now in a nice little book, yep. you know, uh, but but it's all, you figured it out. You know, you 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 put it together. And I think that uh, that's what, again, that's what inspired me then uh, to reach back out to you. And I will never forget, I don't know where we were, but one day I ran into you and we we grabbed a coffee. It was just like, I saw you and, I don't remember where we were, but um, we sat there and I just kept thinking, man, of all the people that I ran into cross paths with you, there you were. And it was such an, it was such a great conversation we had 
and it was just spontaneous. Yeah. There you were. It's like you just popped into my life right there, <laughs> then and there. And and people like you, I like having in my life because you just kind of swoop in and there you were. And then we picked up from where we left off the last time. Exactly. Yeah, there, there, it is funny that there's there are people that, you know, there's your your hardcore tribe of like, you know, your, your cycling group and the people you've run with. And for a while we were like in a yoga tribe. But then there's some people you you may not talk to for years. And then all of a sudden you bump each other, you bump into each other and Boom. it's as if you didn't skip a beat. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that that day, I, I wish I could tell you where it was and what it was, what we talked about. I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. All I remember saying is I am so glad that for whatever reason, we were meant to just... Yeah. Like that day, it was just, it, it, that was my takeaway. That's awesome. No, I, I feel the same way <laughs> yeah. too. Like whenever the little moments we had, uh, we connected yeah. and some fun energy happened yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah. It, and it it's fun. I mean, like, you know, life is short and I've, 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 I've you know, as a, in financial planning, I've worked with people through all stages of life. And I think I wrote about the, I, t- I talked about this in my book of like the difficulty of, seeing my own parents, you know, go through their final years. And then it, it really helped me understand, you know, we don't know, we don't know how much time we have, right. you know, uh, could get hit by a bus, you know, on, when I leave, when I leave this place. And, and so all we have is right now and each moment. And when you connect with someone, connect and have a, have a nice conversation and, and then go do the things you're interested in. And if that means waking up at 4.30 and writing for however many hours, if that brings you joy, then yeah. you're doing it, yeah. right? Getting the most out of life. It was a quote I read where it says, one minute of anger takes away 60 seconds of joy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Do the math on that one, everyone. Yeah, really? You should, financial planner. But, you know, isn't that the truth? You, you gotta get get the most out of your life. And mm-hmm. so this morning before I was uh, coming over here, I stopped to get uh, a breakfast sandwich and some coffee. And, you know, and I wanted to think about what we were going to talk about today. And I'm sitting there and I walked in, smiled and said, hello to the manager and how you doing? How's your family? And when it came time to pay, he said, oh no, we got this. He said, we just love that you come in here and we love what you, your positivity. Yes. And it's like, wait a minute, this is so crazy. I'm going to go talk to my friend Carlo about this whole same <laughs> aspect. And this guy brightens my day. I didn't know what to say. Yeah. I was just like, what? You don't need to do that. Oh, no, no, no. We, we just appreciate you coming in and you know being a good person and a good friend. And mm-hmm. I, let me buy your breakfast. Well, that's something about you that I love that you're, you are joyful, and when you meet someone and you talk talk with them, you're excited and you're you're interested and curious and positive. I, I think I could probably tell you that I took up any new hobby virtually, and you would be curious or excited about that. And but not every and and when when you're dealing with when you go into a restaurant or a cafe or a bar and you talk to someone and you treat that, or even schnooks and you talk, you know, whatever, a grocery store and you're talking to you, people, every, we're all humans, but sometimes people talk to the person as if they're just a whatever. Yeah. And yeah. I've I've become, I love having the experience of going into a, a, a coffee bar and knowing everybody there. Yeah. That's yeah. so great. And then when I did one of my exchange, not my exchange trips, one of the classes I did in that, little town in Southern Italy. I, only, I was only there for two weeks, but I went to the same coffee bar every morning because the first morning I went, there was this man there, Franco, Franco, and uh, he could tell I was struggling, you know? And so he, you know, we're, we're working my way through my, whatever my level of Italian was that day. And then I I didn't recognize any of the amazing things in his in his things. And he's like, I made these all this morning. Like he, had, it was him, and then his wife came around the corner, and then some days their little son was there, and so I was asking him. He's like, "May I choose?" Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Every day I was there, I just, I, I just, he just knew, like he just got to pick out what I was gonna eat. Wow. Because it would be always something new and interesting. And then yeah. one day we would take breaks during the middle of the class, and my teacher, we always went to the same place, and I'm like, "Have you? Let's." Can we go to this other place? This uh, it was called the uh, Cafe del Angeli or something like that. The Coffee of Angel or the something the, the Cafe of Angels or something like that. But anyway, she's like, 
sure, I haven't been over there. She lives there. And so we go over, or oh, she had never been there. It doesn't go often. But anyway, we go there and Franco's like, ah, ciao, Carlo. And, and then we, we sit down and they're like, how do you, how do you, how do you know these people? I'm like, because we talk every morning, you yeah, know. Yeah. Isn't <laughs> you that know? cool? It is. But In I mean, Italy. Yeah. And it's not, <clears throat> again, it's not like bragging. It's just being curious and interested yeah, in people. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, the lady that took my photos for my book, uh, Kristen Trudeau, I knew her because of Rise. Every day I'd go into Rise and we'd say hi and sh she knew my order and we would chit chat about what was going on and then they would, uh, you know, I, I, just, I just had, had this whole experience because of, because of yeah. you know, their involvement and then yeah. I found out that uh, Kristen is a photographer and so they did a headshot for, for my son for, uh, for his LinkedIn and then for my book and but it was all just because of I didn't go in there and treat the person as this you know that so, happens so often of people are so you know they're in their head and they're not mean but they're not right. they're not treating the person on the other side of the counter or whatever whatever the involvement is as a human being right, right. yeah um, and so, so it, it's that whole self awareness and mindfulness one of the things I like to to say at my work is that uh, the people that we work with every day, I call them my internal customers because I treat them like I treat my best customer. I believe that. And when you do that and you act, when you're, not act, when you're concerned and you're, uh, you know, just being human with them, it's amazing the, the, the things that we get done mm -hmm. in a day's time because mm -hmm. we all understand one another, we work together, we whatever the case may be, but when you treat people that way, it's it's amazing of of what you get out of people because <laughs> all the equipment and the technology and all those good things that we have. Yeah. If if you if you don't have that people part, you know, then you lose. Yeah. No, I could tell that just in my involvement with you, you know, you helped me produce those 50 postcards for my book. Right, uh, it was the cover because yeah. I wanted to, but I asked you to do this, and I know that was a tiny order in your world. But you did you you were so excited, enthusiastic about it. Yeah. I, I felt like I felt like your new A client. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like like you hung up the phone. We got I got the San Filippo account. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you know? I met my quota. <laughs> but you know, but your team was great, and you were great, and you were just. But you know, you don't get that feeling from everyone when you feel like you're not big enough or not important enough, yeah, or yeah. or you're not. You didn't go to the right school, or they they. When I when I started working in Clayton, first of all, I mean, I grew up in I grew up in Florissant, and I had no idea that high schools mattered because I I was I, I was in one of the schools that people care about in this city, right? Yeah. So then I I go to work and I become I go into finance. I start working in Clayton, and all of a sudden I notice sometimes people, especially. I'm not picking on any industry, yeah. but especially older lawyers. And I, this is when I was 20. Older lawyers would shake my hand and then while they were shaking my hand, look at my shoes. And the first time I thought hap that happened, I'm like, oh, that guy's weird. And then I, I guarantee that's happened to me three dozen times in my career where someone shook my hand and looked down to see if my shoes were shiny enough yeah, and maybe they yeah. were checking out the brand and yeah. is it high quality enough? Is that Italian leather? Whatever it might be. And yeah. uh, <laughs> So I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that. Just like there's different, how you treat people, I guess, is a, is a very, it's obvious to people. Yep. People see that. They, they, and then they, whether it's conscious or not, it, it, it will matter there's, there's karma or whatever it is. That is know? hilarious. But you know what's funny about shoes? So we had a pastor at our church who wore Birkenstocks <laughs> and he was such a laid back, cool. Everybody loved him dearly. And, and when he passed away, we got another guy came, that came in and wore like those Allen Edmonds uh, wingtips. <laughs> Oh, dude, it was such a shock. It's like other end oh, of the curve. Shiny black wingtips. And it's like, oh man, this guy. Yeah, it's so funny how, you know, it's un it's not right to judge people, yeah. you know, but when you think about it, a, a, the guy 
kind of a heavy set guy that wore Birkenstocks, laid back. Everybody <laughs> loved him dearly. And then you get the other dude. It's like, oh man, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're sizing you up. They're checking you out to see if if you're a you know a shiny wingtip shoe guy or yep. who are you? Because they're trying to figure out you know other than. Uh, I guess the alternative would be, where'd you go to high school, young man? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that was. Well, I got to real quick. Uh, I'm, I may have, I may have a, the, the inklings of a, of a new sponsorship because this is the second episode in a, in a row where someone mentioned Birkenstocks. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, brought to you by exactly. So, if if someone there's listening, you know, it seems to be a theme. My last one was my my German tutor Nadine. She did a she did a trail on this pilgrim. Trail in Portugal, and and I I talked about talked to her just because it'll I mean that's that'll be mid March when that one comes out. But she's like, yeah, I bought these really great boots, but I didn't like them, so I got rid of them after the first I don't know however many days because they weren't comfortable. And then I just wore my Birkenstocks for the <laughs> two hundred and something kilometers that she walked. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see if that becomes a theme. Uh, but but yeah, no. You know, but it's, I and I think we judge and we size up people that are judge and size up are doing that because in, in the inside they're doing that to themselves. And, yeah, and, yeah. And 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 so learning to love and trust yourself, you let go of some of that stuff because you then you you're you don't you're accepting yourself and who you are and can live the way you want versus being so concerned and obsessed with everybody else's where yeah. they where they went to high school because of who they were born to. Like, how yeah. does that reflect yeah. your, you know, thing? And then clothing and and shoes and all these things that don't, yeah. that don't matter. We right. don't take any of those things right. with us, you know? Uh, so yeah. that's, but it's, it's, it's uh, in the sales world, a lot of times uh, LinkedIn is a perfect example of, then you don't have to get into that sort of thing about, if you look up a person and you see, the commonalities we have mm-hmm. and the people that we know, you know, in in conjunction or whatever the case may be, it kind of takes that to the next level in the relationships that, that that I have to build every day in my life because of what I do. And oftentimes then you understand who your audience is and who who you're speaking to mm-hmm. about whatever the case may be. But you're right. Yeah. And I think sometimes we we size people up because we're concerned about how we size our, our ourselves up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Yeah, the more, and then <clears throat> yeah, the image is an interesting thing because I did I talk I talked about that a bit too. Where when you first come out of school, you're you're just trying to get a job and do whatever it is you do, and you try to try to dress for success and be whatever you are in that industry. But ultimately, I think your success comes when when you can be your truest version of yourself. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and you know. When I started, you had to wear a tie and a suit and whatever. And then, but then I worked with a lot of blue collar business owners that said, You look like a banker when you come in here with that suit. You don't have to wear that for me. But then my boss still expected me to wear one. But yeah. then eventually, when I had my own business, then I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't have to wear a suit anymore, that kind of thing. You know, well, and there's no judgment about suits, but just, you know. But being that, okay, so being that person, let's go back to that. When, when you can be who you can be, that's where, when you get your success. And of course, I've been a slow learner all my life. So the guy I work for has truly been one of these people who has mentored me. He's 10 years younger, but he's mentored me to the point where he's made me more comfortable in my own skin Mm -hmm. to let me be me. And so it it sort of just trickles down because these last 10 years have been extremely successful for me. And sales and the relationships we built and the customers we've built, but it was because I didn't really always have that belief in myself that I could do it. Yeah, and through his, as we we call it, teaching by parables, he has shown me the way that no, you, you, the way you handle this is great. It's fine. This is your style. This is how you do it. These are the the relationships. How, how how does he call it? He calls it relationship selling. And he says, you sell this way, other people sell this way. There's not a right way, but just do it the way that you're the most comfortable with. Yeah. Well, it took me a long, long time in uh, a lot of jobs where I wasn't happy and a lot of things that I was doing, I just wasn't happy with myself and what I was doing. And so 
Again, when you're a commissioned salesperson like me, work a business owner like you, you, you know, our livelihood depends on if we don't kill, we don't eat. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't, <clears throat> it's one of those, I, I remember, because I've been, I have, I have not had a, no one's written me a paycheck since I was 23, you know? Yeah. And so it's a, it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing. And especially, you know, when you, but, but you've, I, once I got to a certain point in my career, I realized I, I would, and I, I heard someone mention having an interview and how nervous they were. And I realized that's all I do is interviews. Yeah. Over and over and over again, you're, you're, you're not, in, in the beginning, I was probably more selling myself. And now I'm just, I, I, you know, you have to, you have to build you have to you have to be a professional at what you do, and you have to know it to be really good at what you do. But then ultimately, people are buying you as a person. Do they trust? Do they trust you as yeah. the most important thing? Exactly. And then, do they relate to you? And then, faking. I had people tell me you should get, <clears throat> you should play golf, and you should get Sports Illustrated, and so that I knew, so that I could talk about sports with people. Like, but I'm not. I'm not interested. I like to play sports, but I've never been a. I've never cared to track sports statistics. This is something I'm not interested in, but I like travel and I like, you know, like history. And so there's, you know, millions and millions of people out there. So you tend to find people that, that you naturally have something in common with. And, yeah. but, but faking it is oh, terrible. So unnatural. You, yeah. And people pick up on that vibe too. People will see you through that. And I, I know people that, that play golf, but they hate it. It's like, well, well then don't, don't play golf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what, you know, they, they say cycling is a new golf. And it's so funny because customers that like to get out and ride, it is amazing mm -hmm. of the things you talk about when you're out there on these roads for 30, 40 miles. Yeah. It is crazy. And, and I think that, you know, it isn't so much the golf or the cycling or the this or the that. It's just a, a, a common place to, to just to be able to, to communicate and be together mm -hmm. and build that relationship and the trust. Uh, one of the really successful advisors when I first started, um, he, 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 he called it passion prospecting. Wow. And he's like, just do the things you're super passionate about and you don't have to, you don't have to ask. It's, it's like when I started, they told me when I started in business, like, go to, you know, join the chamber of commerce. They told me all the places to go. Well, it was full of other people that were doing the same thing. Right. And you ended up, I realized one day that going to places and trying to meet people is just like the, the, the proverbial guy that's at a gym that won't leave the women alone. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's lonely and he's like, hey, you working out too? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you need a financial planner? You know, whatever it is. Sure. You can't be that person. Right. Because people, that's a, just like with the guy at the gym, it's a turnoff. Like, you know, you're desperate and you're, well, leave me alone, I'm here to work out. But, you know, you're, you're doing your cycling or whatever. You never asked me for print business. Right. 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 And then, but then, I was like, oh, I know Joe. Joe's a good guy. Actually, I, I, I for, you know, yeah, I posted something about it. Like, yeah. I can take care of it, and I immediately trusted that I knew you'd do a good job. Yeah, you know, so that's that's how it works. I mean, and so yeah, there's. I mean, for, there's so many people now that are a lot, of, especially younger people that are struggling. You know, they're coming out of school with piles of debt, and they're trying that the new gen, the younger generation. I say, you know, new younger. They're young. I'm finally old enough that. <laughs> it feels different, right? Yes. yes. <clears throat> but there's that generation is way more conscious than we were about work-life balance. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but they're coming out of school with debt, and they're coming out into an extremely competitive and difficult job market with you know less job security than there was in the past. Things like that. Someone described me like my this generation X. I'm I'm old enough that that I remember and I when I grew up the systems kind of still worked you know my my parents went to work for one place worked there their whole life retired with a pension and health insurance and any savings they had was just extra yes and I went to college thinking that that's what I was going to do and in the you know four and a half years 
401ks were starting to you know become the thing and pensions were going away and layoffs and outsourcing and and people moving factories overseas and things like that so my generation kind of saw the system fall apart and then the younger generation has never never saw it work they right. never expected a pension right. many many young people i've worked with don't ever they don't i don't think it's going to go away but they're like they genuinely don't believe that there'll be social security i think there will be i think it'll be different or you'll have to wait longer or whatever but there's they're growing up in a different a different time but some of the principles apply about you know learning learning to be great at what you do and networking and building connection and they're they're great at that because of what they've done in social and social media mm-hmm. yeah you know you're absolutely right yeah in fact uh, we we have a uh, a young person in our company uh, that we're hoping to kind of bring up in the ranks and and train him and teach him some new things in our industry because we're, we're old. You know, they're 40-ish, 50-ish, 60-ish year old people. You don't, you know, we're not an attractive place to, to bring in young people that are beating down the door to come in to work with us. Yeah. But at the same time, when you can home grow uh, someone and really bring them into the industry, mm-hmm. it, it, it's really pretty cool. So yesterday we had the conversation with other people at work and said, okay, how'd you get started? Who brought you in? Who mentored you? Because you just don't wake up one day and say, I'm going in the printing industry. Right. It's usually an uncle or a cousin or a friend or a relative, somebody that you knew mm-hmm. that kind of brings you in. And uh, it got us all thinking about why we have the jobs that we do is because people are doing the same thing to this kid that did for us. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, it's kind of an exciting thing, you know. In, in a, but it, it's kind of like you say, Carlo. It's it's a, it's an industry that's not exciting, and a, you know, it's not like the new up and coming thing. But yet at the same time, it gives you that spark of, wow, we're, we're you know we can make a difference in this kid's life, and if he is able to take advantage of all the things that we're up laying out for him mm-hmm. he'll have a good life exactly and then he'll take that and do by the time he's 40 he'll he'll have all those lessons yeah plus whatever because when i when i began i learned a tremendous amount of wisdom from the 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 old timers that were had been in doing that for 20 or 30 years they taught me some great principles about not one one, one time I, I lost this huge huge opportunity is a insurance opportunity and the person wanted and needed this insurance and it would have been a like a year's worth of income from one sale and the person had a health issue that made them uninsurable so no they it, they didn't say no the insurance company said no and all this just just this disappeared yep and i was it really hit me hard in this this uh, uh lady amy that was like a a mentor to me, she said, "Carlo, you got to really try hard to stay even keel. Don't let those yeah. highs get like take you too high, yeah. and then you won't crash down as low." Right. And great advice. Little, little things like that, like so. And that was at a time when there were thirty advisors in the office and two computers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. There wasn't voicemail yet. There was. It sounds like I'm saying that you know a hundred. Sounds like a hundred years ago now. But I had just been an intern at this place before I became an advisor, and like one of my job was to write messages because there wasn't voicemail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So you know, but I learned, and so those lessons were were universally true. The many of the many of those bits of wisdom that I got. Um, so I think that's I think that's good advice for. It's cool and good advice for people that have been in the business for a while to reach down, reach back and help yeah, out. Yeah. But then when you're new, listen, when someone starts telling you a story or or wants to give you some wisdom, listen. Yeah. And even if even if it's you know ten percent of what they say, there might be a little pearl of wisdom in there. Yes. That yeah. saves you lots and lots of headaches or heartbreak or time and you remember you remember the story mm-hmm. you'll remember that you know experience we remember so many things what we do every day because of bad experiences because of the pain of if we had a, a, a job go bad or something happened with whatever the case may be but you always remember those things because hopefully you won't repeat that again mm-hmm. you know and so those are the things that you know to kind of build up but i really do think the stories are so huge because you can go back yep. to a situation like this person that couldn't get the insurance but you'll remember that yep. and you'll you'll try to be 
at that even keel. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> before we wrap up, I want to kind of capture. So you, 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 what is it? Maybe some advice you can give to people. I know, I know a lot of people that, you know, we've been, a, this is, we just came up on our year from when everything did shut down. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that are still struggling and still having a hard time getting them. They're, they're having a hard time still. And so if there's any wisdom or advice you can give people that is, that have helped you to, to, to get out of bed at 4.30 or like whatever that is that like advice you can give people to like to do something now, whatever that might be, to, to make that something now that brings them joy and makes them feel better and happier. Boy, that's a good, that's a really good question. I think that someone gave me some advice a long time ago and um, when when we lost one of our kids, he died from heart failure and a stroke oh. and and I'm and I I was telling him I'm like I'm so depressed and it, it, life just you know it sucks and this and that and he goes you know something sometimes you just gotta show other people that you you're gonna be okay that you're gonna make it through life just suck it up and do it and you know at first that advice I was like wow that's kind of like okay but then the more I thought about his words were you know what he's right I, we're, we're here we're mm -hmm. alive mm -hmm. we're we're gonna make it through. And so as harsh as it was at the time, it made me forget about how I was feeling and thinking about others. So my answer to you, Carlo, is I think sometimes that if we're, we've been stuck inside for, for something, we didn't create this and you didn't create this and it's not like any reflection on us, but what we have to do is think of others not think of ourselves, but think of others. Think about that neighbor that is in need or think about an errand you could run for somebody or think about if you could, whatever the case may be, buy someone a cup of coffee if you see in line or whatever, but do something nice for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I think that that way you'll feel good about maybe helping somebody else, but maybe give you a little bit more confidence and trying to get out and make a change because... I look back and I think some people are still afraid to to go out, and some people are still, you know, being being grounded for a year. Yeah, it's a long, long time. But you got to start small, and 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 sometimes you got to put others first. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I that that would be the bottom line that I would say. I love that putting others first and then service. Yeah, um, because you see, you mentioned grounded. Um, I talked about this in one episode where, and, and, and not everybody can do this. And I don't, this isn't something I'm, this is something that just, every, we all have a way of being, right? And so I remember I, I talk, talked about this in another episode, but I remember as a kid, sometimes I'd get, if I was grounded or did something, I had to go to my room. Sometimes in the middle of my, in the, you know, my, I remember my mom saying, you can come out now. And I would be like, I would have been so focused and occupied with a book or my toys yeah. that I forgot I was in a timeout. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've, I've had periods like that where, where I've tried to dive into things that with this, this project, I'm, tr I'm trying to put some positivity in the world. Um, and I, it's consuming. It takes a lot of time, but it gives me something to focus on. That's not, especially social media, the news, man, you can, Ugh. you can get so, is, there's a there's the balance between being aware of what's going on in the world and then having make you feel helpless. Yes, it's the worst feeling. Mm -hmm. it's a, so you mentioned service, so that that's a good like. Sometimes when I, I you read all the things that are happening, I, I have to just shut whatever device I have and think, well, what what can I do? Yeah, and I've donated a little bit of money to plant a tree. Yeah, or to, yeah. or walked someplace and driven my car if i if it's the environmental issue that's depressing me yes. well what can i do you know and will that change the world no but it's that's what i have power over in that moment you know in that moment and 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 then that would build on the next thing you could do mm -hmm. and then the next thing that you can do because then you feel like you have a little control not to be a control freak but sometimes you have to have some control over your life and when all that changed the panic and the fear and the worry and the uncertainty the uncertainty really got to me. 
Yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, what's going to happen? We have 65 employees. What are we going to do? What's going to happen? So every morning when I meditate, I would think about our leadership and our company on unprecedented times. What are they supposed to do? There's no playbook for this. Mm-hmm. And yet we, we trusted our gut. We made some tough decisions. But yet at the same time, we had our families and our customers and our employees at heart. Mm-hmm. And we made that our focus. Right. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. So yeah. So you mentioned meditation. That, and you, because you also mentioned running helped you. Do, you. do you consider running meditation yes, for you? Yes, I do. But I also, uh, I like that time in the morning to, to think and focus on other people and other things and intentions that I have mm-hmm. for them or for whatever the cause may be. And I'm a big believer in just, you know, sending the, the positive vibe, sending good thoughts to that person uh, you know, in need or whatever the intention may be. But I truly, when I say to you, you are in my thoughts, I keep a running list wow. at work on my desk. It's right by my phone if you ever happen to stop by and see it. But it's, it's an ongoing running list of the people that I have on my intentions. And That's I really awesome. do, I think that makes a difference. Wow. You've got some cool rituals, Joe. <laughs> like, like you, you meditate. You, you're riding your bike at four thirty. You're you 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 because I know some people say you're in my thoughts and prayers, and oh, it's like saying, that. "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah, you, you know, I really when I learned um, when I was in Germany as a kid, you if you say V Gates means how are you, you don't ask that unless you really want to know. And if you ask that, people are touched. Wow. They're like, oh, it's going well, thank you. Oh, actually, my knee's been hurting a little bit. And, they, and if in, Amer- in America, hey, how you doing? If you're like, you know, my lower back's been just tight. Yeah. People will look at you <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't care how you're doing. No. That's a thing we say, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but you, you that, that you have a list of people you are, are thinking about and putting positive energy into yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. What other? You have any other? Since we stumbled across these, what other? You have any other like rituals that you, not uh, or routines that that are part of your, you know, th- th- my readings, my meditation, the working out and working, and then my wife and I have this kind of long-standing joke, and we call it active listening, and we play that game, and. Uh, you know, she's in the service business and so she has to be a very in, in tune with her customers. And oftentimes we'll say, we're going to be active listening right now. And it's the funniest thing because it, it really is amazing when you are going to go and just be a sponge, you know, acknowledge that you're in the conversation, but actively that, that is a fun ritual. And you really get to learn a lot about people mm-hmm. and what they're all about because I'm, I am gen, genuinely interested in you. And, you know, when the book came out, I, I couldn't wait to get the book and read the book. And I, I think it's just all what we talked about this morning, all the things that we do. We're curious, we want to learn, we want to understand, but we want to broaden our horizons, take the blinders off, and just open up your world. Mm-hmm. It's, there's some cool exercises in improv on, on listening. Because it's so, it's such, it's so important. And there's the whole, it's the, the, the one, you know, they talk about most of the time people aren't listening or they don't even hear the last part of what you said because they've already decided what they're going to say. And so we've do some exercises where even like you repeat the last thing that the person said before you begin, or you have to count to three before you begin. Yes. Um, and so, um, that that's just that that that's such a valuable skill of really, really listening to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, that, and, it's, and especially if you're conscious of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I've I I learned that. I had, I don't know. Again, is it just some some of it was nature or nurture? But I with my my business, I have to do that because I'm really trying to understand. I learned if I didn't really understand a person. And what their real objectives were, and what their needs were, I couldn't give good advice. And if yeah. I didn't give, if I didn't give good advice, they wouldn't take it. Right. So, if someone didn't, couldn't take, and it's just like a doctor. Like if a doc, if if someone, 
if your doctor wouldn't have done a good enough job convincing you about a medicine, you you wouldn't have taken it. Right. Right. And that's a, people you say you said sales a few times. I know a lot of young people, or in general, people are like, oh, sales, that's horrible. I can never be in sales because they, but you're always selling or being sold. And it's like yeah. if you're trying to get your kid to eat their vegetables, or if you're you're trying to convince someone to try this restaurant versus that restaurant. It's not just about a commission. It's about um, can, what did it say? I've read somewhere sales is a transfer of enthusiasm. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. That's whether it's five million cards or fifty. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. It's it's who I'm dealing with and what I love to do. Yeah. And 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 again, my boss and I had this conversation the other day. Is that there are there are some groups that I'm very passionate about that I want to help and work with, yeah. in the not for profit world, and. And I told him, I said, I, I love these people. I love what they do. And I'm just very excited to be a part of that process. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's, where, that's what that's all about. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So morning meditations, readings, exercise, positive attention, positive intentions, and active listening. Yeah. I tell you what, you know how many... Uh, Couples and friendships and business partnerships would last longer if people practice active listening. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so. well, we had to learn, but we had to learn those things, you know. And you're right, but you never stop learning, you never stop growing, you never stop. You, you know, that's that's where that's the difference mm-hmm. because you know we don't know it all, right? And you do, you're doing that, and you're still diving into new things, yeah. and it'll be exciting. I'll be excited to hear uh, what what happens next with you and what your next big adventure is. Yeah. So, well, cool. Well, I think I think that's a wrap. Thank you for coming in and joining me this morning. Well, thank you for the invitation. I certainly enjoyed it. It was great. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And uh, all right. Well, I'll see you around. All okay. right. Thanks, Carlo. <laughs> Thanks. Bye bye. Okay, everybody, that was a wrap with my conversation with Joe Dolan. Um, as always, I always learn a lot with Joe and have a lot of fun. So I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope, again, if you're enjoying the episodes in general, I keep getting a lot of private messages and emails and notes and whatever. And and uh, so I super appreciate that and appreciate some of the likes and reviews. So please make sure if you're if you're liking what I'm doing, uh, it's good to not only let me know and let let the world know, share it, like it, subscribe, and uh, keep. Hopefully, that you'll take some lessons from what you learned today and make having a mor- morning ritual is something I have, but not as disciplined as what Joe has. So that was kind of a good reminder for me. So take take what you can from this, learn, grow, and keep following what is pulling you, listening to your you know, those desires and and things that are pulling you and calling you, listen to that. And in the process, enjoy your journey.